welcome to another episode of the Festival of Bharat by Jitti Media. Jitti Media is a digital media network which seeks to pervade dharmic and indic perspectives with clarity, finesse and civility. Jitti is Sanskrit for wisdom or intellect and has other associated meanings besides. We cover a wide variety of issues with courage and conviction. whether it's the revival and reclamation of a beautiful civilization current affairs history geopolitics lgbtq issues science and technology two civilizational conflict and forced conversions i'm delighted to have with me today uh, yet another distinguished guest uh, jain kalavarji uh, who's the author of a book Uh, an outsider deconstructing european enlightenment death in three acts from an outsider's perspective european enlightenment was a brilliant materialist social innovation which emerged in the 17th century as a response to hundreds of years of brutally de- destructive interreligious wars in europe it led to the formation of national governments financial markets and rapid growth of a certain kind of science and technology However, by the 21st century, that innovation, through its runaway success, has had unintended global consequences of ecocide, fratricide, and suicide, particularly impacting majority of the human population who are outside of the European sphere. Using the framework of his daily traditions based on the Veda, Jain Kalavarji offers a compass of hope. to navigate out of the global dystopian scenario created by the european enlightenment and towards individual and social awareness leading to harmonious ways of living as articulated in the sarve bhavantu sukhinah shanti mantra of the veda after a successful corporate management consulting career uh, spanning 35 years in the usa jenji has been in the last 10 years providing guidance and mentoring to individuals seeking to consciously navigate the dystopian modern theater while developing and deepening their compassionate intuitive and spiritual capacities by applying modalities from the indic traditions particularly sri vidya he holds a btech degree in engineering from the indian institute of technology kanpur and an mba from the university of california berkeley Please join me in welcoming Janji. Janji, so very happy to have you with us today. Same here. Thank you so much for having me. Janji, you're based out of Princeton, New Jersey. Am I right? In the US? Um, uh, that's right. Uh, just about a few miles outside Princeton Junction, New Jersey. Yes. Do you, do you teach in Princeton? Uh, um, um, uh, no, no. Yeah. Uh, uh, no. We're basically. Um, I've used this as a base for my management consulting practice. Right. Uh, as well as now my guidance practice right and uh, how are things there how are things in new jersey in princeton and uh, i mean with respect to covid especially uh, i hope you're all doing well the family uh, yeah yeah we are all doing well uh, the last uh, couple of years have been uh, very interesting mm-hmm. um, uh, you know it's been it's been waves of uh, unexpected events uh, coming through uh, and when when one looks at it uh, from a, a different perspective uh, it's it's not so unexpected either but but um, i i think i think um, uh, many of us uh, have gone through ups and downs and i i must say me and my family um, 
have uh, navigated it quite well in the process. Yeah. Right. Good to hear that. I think pretty much uh, the story across the globe, I think everybody's trying to do their best to navigate out of this crazy, mad situation that we've somehow found ourselves in. <laughs> so, um, Janji, without further ado, let me just start with um, my very first question, uh, which is to do with your book. Um, you know, recently a lot has been said of the need to decolonize our minds of these mm-hmm. ideas and tropes that have been pushed into our psyche thanks to years of colonial rule. Um, and one of the unshakable notions that um, generations of Indians have uh, imbibed without question is the superiority of the Western mind and uh, the idea that science and rationality are somehow the products of European enlightenment. Now, you've written a book on this. So could you help clear some of the misconceptions that um, are associated with this trope? What is the truth behind European enlightenment? Okay. So, uh, so um, this is uh... You, you did say to me um, that you were going to ask me tough questions, and this, this is a fairly complex question, Pujitaji. So uh, let me try to address it by um, uh, untangling myself out of this question and, and see what comes out of it, okay? So uh, um, I, I heard rationality and science, right? So I, I want to first speak about that before talking about European enlightenment itself. Uh, in our conversation, I'm sure it will keep coming back up. Okay, so if you look at rationality, what is rationality? Right? And what does it mean to be human? So uh, humans have this uh, ability uh, to uh, observe phenomena, right? And by observing phenomena, uh, we we develop patterns. Right? Our sense functions observe phenomena. Our buddhi, right? Uh, so. Uh, just look at it. Uh, our, our, between our karmendriyas and uh, jitendriyas, we, we uh, observe phenomena and the buddhi uh, starts observing patterns out of it. The patterns, right, uh, then make meaningful uh, outcomes, meaningful um, uh, ways of thinking about it. And we behave based on that. That is rationality, right? If If I look outside, and I see dark clouds gathering, right? So that's a phenomena. Right? And, and my buddhi tells me, oh, it might rain, mm-hmm. right? Yeah? If, if it's going to rain, I'm going to take an umbrella and go out. Yeah? Now that is rational behavior. Correct. You know what I mean? Nowhere in this rational behavior did I have to wait for European enlightenment to tell me, look <laughs> up to the sky, right? See if the dark clouds are gathering, right? True. Yeah. So, so rationality is ingrained. It, it, it's the way uh, individual humans are rational because they have the capacity. We have the capacity, right, uh, to observe phenomena and come up with patterns. We observe phenomena, come up with patterns, come up with conclusions, and base our behavior on that. That's at the individual level. Now, let's to look up science. Yeah. So uh, when it comes to science, uh, let's let me take another illustrative example. India has long coastlines, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and for many many millennia, right, uh, uh, our people, our communities have been fisher folk, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and they have been very successful fisher folk for a long time. How did they do that? 
it's a complex environment they have to work through, mm-hmm. right? So um, how did they do that? Uh, they had to figure out wh- when the tides were going to come in, right? Uh, uh, and how the tides change by the full moon and the new moon. They had right. to figure out uh, how those tides change uh, uh, during um, seasons and mm-hmm. across seasons, right? So uh, the first part, uh, they were able to get data by observing uh, the movement of the sun, moon, uh, and the planets, and through the panchangam, were able to predict very accurately when the tides would come in and when they would ebb away. Right. Okay? So that's the panchangam, right? Mm. The fisher folk, when they went out there fishing, they also noticed something else. Mm. Okay? So panchangam, by the way, also gives you the seasons, etc. Right. It tells you exactly. Uh, when the seasons will come uh, come through and so forth. When the fisher folk went out there, they started observing things about uh, how the fish behave. Hmm. Uh, when it would be a good time uh, to hmm. fish and when uh, it would be, uh, when they noticed when the fish was spawning, um, uh, they should not fish at that time so that they uh, get a blessing of a boon uh, of a better harvest later on. Hmm. And these were incorporated, these observations are indeed incorporated into their folk songs. Uh, if, you, if you go and uh, do a study of that, you, you'll notice that people actually uh, transfer knowledge through their folk songs uh, mm-hmm. on the behavior of the fish in the seas and, mm-hmm. and how it is connected to the seasons right? and, and uh, ability to predict the seasons and the tides. See how mm-hmm. complex a model they worked in. Mm-hmm. Right through observation, that to me is science. That is democratic science, the democratic science of the people. So they lived rationally and scientifically. Didn't didn't wait for someone to come and tell them how to do it. Right now, that is democratic science of the people for the people by the people. Now comes Western academia, Western science through European Enlightenment. They say, oh, you can't do science. Mm-hmm. We will do science. Okay. So they over the process of observation, which is so natural for humans, individuals, and communities to do, and to build their models, and to work at it. Mm-hmm. And they called it science with a capital S. Correct. Okay. Right? That's, so basically, they, they took it over, and, and they claimed that only they could tell others. Mm-hmm. Okay? Um, um how to behave in this world, how to sense this world, how to come to conclusions, right? And we can talk more about it, but that's that's basically what European Enlightenment did as far as taking away our agency. Mm. The process of colonization goes so deep, it takes away our agency to understand and sense the world. First of all, to sense the world, right? And to understand it and to build it for ourselves, Hmm. That is why we in India have become mimickers. We mimic, hmm. even now, we mimic whatever the West does. Why? Because right. there is an implicit suggestion that's embedded in us that we can't do it ourselves. Yeah. We have to wait for academia to tell us what yeah. to do. Right. Um, would you? Would it be possible to uh, discuss perhaps the historical underpinnings of the European Enlightenment, how it came about, and you know, like I said earlier, uh, uh, we've been told a certain story about the Enlightenment, and 
what what's the truth right so um um there, there were um uh first of all out of christianity came the holy uh, roman church and uh, and the holy, holy roman empire the roman mm-hmm. empire broke into two right uh, the the western uh, end of the holy roman empire right uh, and then the uh, byzantine end of it mm-hmm. the orthodox church the holy roman empire uh, uh, st- started um, not only converting everyone mm-hmm. uh, from approximately uh, 380 uh, through to uh, 1500 or so Lithu- lithuania for example was one of the last ones to go mm-hmm. um uh, and so were the slavs um uh, but the english uh, perhaps were uh, one of the earlier ones um uh, so um uh, as the holy roman empire um tried to rule through all the kings over a thousand years it became increasingly uh, impossible for them uh, uh, to um to convince the people uh, 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 that, that whatever the pope said was infallible mm. okay it caused dissensions it, it caused uh, especially the protestant uh, uh, dissension that came about uh, it, that that started uh, that caused uh, uh, intra religious wars mm-hmm. okay they still called themselves christians mm. right uh, 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 but uh, there were a, a lot of cell, uh, sects that were formed and they started fighting with each other and they were really the church of england and yes right the lutheran church the calvin calvinists um they, they were extremely brutal wars uh, against uh, the pope mm. uh, and the holy roman church um uh, approximately 30% of the population was killed um, um uh, as as a result of this uh between the uh, approximately the 1300s and um, uh, the 1500s uh, and um uh, part of it uh, washed into england as a civil war um and one of the things that happened during the civil war uh, is prince charles um um and his close advisors uh, had to exile themselves into uh, paris mm-hmm. uh, and, and there they met up with the french intellectuals too and hobbes came up with this idea Uh, mm-hmm. that the way to get out of this mm-hmm. situation that europe was in uh, is uh, uh, to uh, come up with this idea of, of social contracts and that, uh, that that we no longer uh, uh, require uh, something called a god uh, mm-hmm. though fine there is a god and that is fine but as far as uh, the affairs of people are concerned right mm-hmm. uh, we can do it separately okay uh, so so he came up with this idea uh, of uh, um uh, social contracts where, where people uh, uh, could interact with each other um, nature was considered completely inert um, and uh, it, it all depended on um uh, uh, what uh, uh, people agreed to do and not to do mm-hmm. okay so uh, uh, at at that point in time uh since nature was inert right the question came up who would decide how to interact with nature mm-hmm. okay that became a, a, a big question in itself uh one of the things they found uh, th- that anarchy the, the the situation of anarchy that was prevailing or, or for almost 200 years where where people were simply not accepting any authority was creating a lot of problems about 
<clears throat> everyone going about their own ways. Mm. Okay. That's where uh, the idea of knowledge production being centralized started coming about. Okay. How do we interact with nature? So we have agreed uh, uh, that, that we will interact with amongst ourselves and, and an elite group will decide uh, how we are going to interact with ourselves. Right. But still, mm -hmm. how do we interact with nature has not been resolved. Right. So, so, so the, 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 the second step then was formation of the Royal Academy of Sciences in 1661. Formally, it said yeah. from now on, from now on, all science will be done through the Royal Academy of Sciences. That brings me to the next question, Jenji, which is about that, uh, which is the uh, Royal Academy of Sciences is formed. And then, of course, there is a kind of a systemic mechanism of controlling knowledge in Europe. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 uh, and then, of course, there's a peer review system and all of that. And you have spoken of it also in your other talks. Mm -hmm. So could you talk a little bit about that? Because I think it affects uh, all of us. And I think particularly people who are uh, connected with the world of science. Right. So uh, so um, uh, so uh, this this question uh, about uh, how, how do we um, interact with nature figure out how nature works. Now that we have said it's inert, uh, uh, there's nothing mysterious about it. We have to figure out how it works and how, how we are going to control it uh, and manage it and exploit it. Um, uh, and uh, that's where uh, Boyle comes in uh, and Boyle's law that you know of, uh, 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 the pressure and volume interaction. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, he, he, he decided to conduct Okay, uh, uh, he was one of the um, feudal lords. This um, is uh, and, and a graduate, a graduate of Eton. He was much younger than Pops. Is and, it Boyle, Boyle Genji, Boyle Charles Boyle? Yeah, yeah. Bo okay. of the Boyle's Law. Boyle's Law. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Boyle, yeah. Uh, oh, 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 I, I forget. Uh, PB equals RT. Uh, it's temperature dependent. Yeah. Um, mm. uh, the temperature dependent relationship. Uh, how that works. Um, um, so, um, he conducted experiments, uh, in his palace, shall we say, uh, in, uh, in his castle or whatever. Um, uh, and Hobbes opposed it and said, uh, if you start doing it, everyone else will start doing it. Okay. And the compromise was reached to, through the king of uh, creating this, uh, uh, Royal Academy of Sciences. And, and he said, but how do we know uh, that this is correct? What you're saying is correct, et cetera. So uh, he appointed, uh, the king appointed uh, with counsel from Hobbes, uh, 12 peers. Okay. So the, uh, just, uh, just as uh, a Boyle um, uh, was, was a feudal lord, um, not quote unquote a scientist from somewhere uh, mm -hmm. as such. Um, uh, the 12 peers were also peers, actually, literally uh, his peers who were noble lords, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they, uh, went, went to, uh, his palatial laboratory and checked out what he was saying and they stamped, yes, yes, what he says is correct. That's, what was, that was the first, first peer review that happened. Jenji, uh, what was Hobbes' objection to Boyle doing the, uh, experiments independently? What was the objection that he put forth? Um, so, uh, according to, uh, Hobbes, uh, everything is already known. All we have to do is uh, go to Pythagoras, uh, Archimedes, Aristotle, 
it's already there. We don't need to explore anything more. Whatever mm-hmm. they have said is done. It's done. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, geometry tells it all. Uh, it's it's all known. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because uh, uh, they they had gone through uh, such angst. He didn't want any new information to come out which would uh, impact uh, mm-hmm. or have even the slightest chance. Think about it. Um, it's basically humans have this tendency, if you step back, uh, what drives this? It drives it on all of us. Okay, And we will come back and, and see how it's impacting us also and mm-hmm. how we are acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, Humans uh, have this tendency uh, to be risk averse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to uh, uh, take uncertainty towards certainty, mm-hmm. right? So you can think of Hobbes uh, as a uh, as someone who is extremely risk averse, right? Mm-hmm. He was a tutor. He was a tutor to Prince Charles and you know a, a guide, a much older person. Uh, he he was completely risk averse, and he said the the only way to uh, uh, ensure that there would be no more civil wars uh, about uh, these aspects of what is true and what is not true, etc., is to say we already know the truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, no need to explore, right? Just follow what. Uh, Archimedes said, or Pythagoras said, or Aristotle said, that's it, right? Uh, While um, uh, the younger Boyle was saying, hey, but look, we we can do this. This this can change things, right? Mm -hmm. He was a tinkerer. So, right? So so, uh, there were these younger people who say, now now that we have been able to cut off uh, um, our... um, need for following the authority of the Pope, we, we can try different things. So there is that aspect of exploring that humans also have. Mm. So, and how does the, 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 of course, the whole system of having peers, which is, which, the, which you tell us anecdotally that it was, you know, these 12 peers or 12 lords who happened to be there when Charles Boyle conducted his experiments. And then subsequently, this led how did this lead to a systemic, uh, uh, you know, ecosystem, which then took control of any kind of knowledge production, saying that we decide what is scientific and what is not, what holds and what does not hold. So the Royal Academy of Sciences, everything had to pass to the Royal Academy of Sciences. The funding, the chartering of any projects. Okay, it's a combination of how uh, how the um, projects are uh, any scientific exploration is funded, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the printing press helped a lot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the printing press, by the way, was one of the key technologies uh, that helped the Protestants mm-hmm. um, uh, inside the war, also, right? I think pa- pamphlets were printed. You mean pamphlets? Yeah, that's right. That's right. In, in fact, Gutenberg, uh, uh, an interesting story, I mentioned it somewhere. Um, uh, Gutenberg came up with this uh, uh, printing press uh, and uh, uh, it was very expensive. The only way uh, he could uh, uh, make, make a business case, quote unquote, for it was if he had volumes to print. Right. Okay. So the biggest thing that uh, volumes they could print was either the Bible or the Quran. So he, he went to the Holy Roman uh, Church, right? And, and they wanted uh, to control who could read the Bible. Okay, they they wanted their priests, their their padres to read the Bible, not not everyone else, right? Okay, um, 
uh, he, he went to the Ottoman emperor, the Sultan, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, and offered it to him. The Sultan was interested, but his scribes mm -hmm. went against it because uh, there was a whole profession who used to write beautifully, the Quran mm -hmm. beautifully. Right. And they said, oh, no, that's not allowed. Yes. Okay? So the printing press uh, uh, didn't have a market okay, mm -hmm. uh, till um, Martin Luther stepped yes. in. Yes. Right? And he said, I can print it. I, I will print it. I don't care. Hmm. Okay, whatever they do to me, right? Yes. I will print it. Okay. So that that was uh, that was where it started, and the pamphlets. That was the way of uh, yeah, pamphlets, and then you know, spreading the word was uh, right. Pamphlet. So so once uh, once the printing press came about, whoever controlled the printing press also controlled the channels. Mm -hmm. So so there's the funding, there's the peer review, uh, and uh, the channel of dissemination, uh, and mm -hmm. through the printing press. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, the Royal Academy of Sciences said uh, uh, that not not only uh, have uh, the uh, experiments and scientific studies have to be uh, peer reviewed, the peers uh, have to be approved by the Royal Academy of Sciences uh, and the uh, 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 printing press. Mm -hmm. Okay, it has to be printed uh, under the logo of the Royal Academy of Sciences. Do you, do, do you see the ecosystem still right. continuing exactly like that? Exactly like that. Exactly. Even today. Right. Absolutely. Right. So basically, it's an imitation of the same thing over and over again. Right. So On a it's, it's much a, larger scale. <laughs> it's it's a feudal hierarchy. Right. It's the same feudal hierarchy. Uh, uh, who who gets into the academia is carefully mm. controlled. Controlled. Right. And who gets tenure? I don't know whether you have actually seen a, a, a tenure ceremony. It, it's you actually they actually uh, for the chair. You, you, when you say a chaired professor, right? Mm -hmm. You have heard of chaired professors. Yes, actually, they, 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 it's like a throne. They throne. put him up on a throne with the robes and yes, yes. right. It, it's I a feudal ceremony. I haven't seen the ceremony, but I do know that getting tenure is like the biggest uh, for every professor in academia, uh, any uh, academic. It's like uh, you know, it's like the the holy grail. <laughs> you know? Right. So, so tenure is one thing, and then there's a chaired professorship. Mm. <clears throat> when you say chaired professor, right? So the, that's that's the highest level highest one level. can reach. Yeah. True. Right, and that's where it, uh, this whole trope, it's their tropes, right? Right. So um, that's interesting, Genji. Um, so you, your book mentions, I mean, the title of your book is, um, uh, you know, about European Enlightenment. And then you talk about death in three acts. And you mention specifically the consequences of European Enlightenment being ecocide, um, fratricide, and suicide. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. So, uh, and then this is connected to the idea of, uh, you know, that that in the Western civilization, essentially nature is inert, uh, and that has led to the exploitation of nature in Europe. So, how do you connect these three uh, deaths to the exploitation of nature in Europe? Perhaps you would want to reflect a little bit on that. Yeah. So, so. Um... Um, uh, with, uh, uh, once Hobbes declared, um, I, I say Hobbes, but uh, uh, he was quote, quote unquote a spokesperson, shall we say, uh, uh, for that milieu, uh, uh, nature is inert, but he has made that explicit statement. 
mm. uh, which we can uh, uh, then quote. Mm. Um, uh, once that happened, and, and uh, once uh, the Royal Academy of Sciences was created, um, uh, uh, the the funding went towards uh, how how best uh, uh, they could come up with projects which would exploit um, uh, nature, right? Mm. Which would exploit nature and uh, uh, um, uh, and specifically uh, because uh, uh, those who were funding were looking for returns, uh, the projects had to be tailored uh, in that direction. It, it, it went naturally in that direction. Mm. One of the first things that happened. Uh, was uh, uh, exploiting uh, the mines for coal. Large amounts of coal mining started happening in Britain. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and along with uh, the uh, uh, coal mining uh, uh, came the uh, question of uh, uh, how to uh, trans- uh, get the volumes out, uh, the large uh, amount of volumes out. And, and that's uh, that's where uh, we came up with um, Rail lines. Uh, okay. Uh, initially, uh, they were they were iron lines uh, which were laid out, uh, and they were horse drawn. They were not yet uh, steam engine. Horse drawn. Okay. Horse drawn. Yeah. Steam engine came uh, uh, a couple of hundred years later, but but, but uh, uh, th- that's where it started. The exploitation uh, of nature and, and uh, denuding the landscape, uh, uh, basically disrupting uh, uh, disrupting uh, the way uh, people live, communities live. Okay, because remember, uh, uh, this has now become a, a top-down knowledge production, mm-hmm. right, uh, uh, and implementation, right? So, so that shift started happening. Okay, uh, as that sh- shift started happening, uh, they were then able to apply it, right, uh, as the steam engines came up, etc., uh, uh, to steam boats, uh, uh, to uh, uh, having a, a global uh, presence. Mm. Right? And and through the global presence, everything went through, uh, went to uh, uh, exploiting nature uh, for creating material wealth uh, for few people. And that, and you have seen that happen all the time, right? right? Uh, uh, first it was coal, then it is oil, uh, and so forth. So that that's right, and, and that and that's the uh, ecocide we actually have observed, right? Mm. Now. Um, and and all of that uh, is actually the, this ecocide is reflected uh, in the uh, the social contracts based um, um, society that we move to. Uh, uh, Christianity had this creator God, mm-hmm. right? And, and and there was some sense that the creator God has created nature for us Correct. to enjoy, but mm-hmm. still we have to respect nature because it's God's creation, mm-hmm. right? So once that actor was removed, right, and who became God, the social contract became God. Mm. Right. So also by social contract, cons- you mean what? What do you mean by the, the constitution? Social- the constitution. Ah. The, the constitution is the social contract between the elites. Mm. The elites come come together. They call it the constituent assembly, right? Mm. They put it together. That's the constitution. That becomes God. We consider constitution the God, right? Oh. So, <clears throat> yeah, everyone else then has to make their contracts mm. on that platform. Mm. That's how it works, doesn't it? Yes. Right? Is it constitutional? Is it, you yes. know, 
doesn't right. matter so, if it is ethical or it's um, you know um, anything else so, but it's so, so so i want to contrast that i want to contrast that here with a, a what our veda teaches us right what our veda teaches us uh, 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 that uh, that uh, to be harmonious to lead harmonious life lives uh, we have to be in consonance with the rita the cosmic cycles right now how 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 did we have these conversations we had the conversations let's say through the puranas right and our literature where we brought the rivers the mountains the trees the animals to life and we had conversations with them that's how we learned in our minds maybe do you understand we gave them respect and through that we came to ways of interacting with them we told stories to each other about this tree this right this is the way this tree behaves this is the pattern it behaves this is how we can we need to take care of it this is the way this river behaves right we we gave it life right when we create constitutions right at the top level you look at any constitution mm-hmm. right there's no uh, the rivers don't play a part in it mm-hmm. do they no they don't um and the constitution um uh, how it leaves out uh, all non human uh, actors mm. okay uh, all the non human actors are left out only human actors human uh, uh, right uh, have roles in that constitution okay uh, uh, so in effect uh, everyone is effaced gone mm-hmm. yeah so um and, and uh, whether you replace this constitution with that constitution etc it's basically new social contracts right uh, and that's the difference we have to understand now what happened was uh, when it uh, i'm going from eco side which we already talked about to fratricide so what what is this fratricide first of all uh, someone who read my book um, wrote back to me and said why do you call it fratricide the way you describe it it's really genocide mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, my response was look i am looking at it from the devi's lens the mother divine right from the mother divine's lens they are all children we are all we are all her children we are all brothers and sisters when we kill each other to it her is- it's fratricide so 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 that that's that's uh, that's what uh, came uh, i came up with now uh, the people who were killed after the post european enlightenment mostly okay whether it was through uh, famines or wars uh, were the non europeans right uh, um, for for whatever reason shall we say they had not got the memo right they had not got the memo uh, that that the uh, that the europeans had become modern right <laughs> that they were on the move and they were going to inflict their modernity on the globe correct the rest of us did not get that memo so <laughs> yeah so 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 we were we were we were taken by surprise and they rolled in they rolled in and they said nothing is going to stop us right mm-hmm. so so for example um uh, in, in india uh, the east india company moved very quickly two two things happened <clears throat> one in they uh, they converted large swaths of uh, bengal bihar and parts of up to opium cultivation mm. right down to malwa 
So um, uh, the opium cultivation uh, caused lots of famines. Yes. Famines and deaths uh, out of it caused destruction. Right. Uh, and, and that's so that's that's to me that's part of fratricide. B- besides all the wars and, um, and that they created along the way, <clears throat> same thing later with cotton in Gujarat that created enormous farms. In indigo also, I think indigo. In indigo, exactly the, the, for for the textile mills again, right? So so um, uh, that that's uh, that's where uh, the fratricide comes in, okay? Uh, and the suicide part. Uh, comes later, uh, uh, starts coming in later in the 19th century when the moderns, uh, uh, having um, done what they did with nature uh, and rest of the globe, started looking at their own body, right? And saying, mm-hmm. oh, even our own body, it's mm-hmm. inert. We can do stuff with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that, that that's where uh, the, the suicide comes in, uh, where uh, even the moderns, their own agency, uh, gets deprecated. Okay. So it's like, um, and, and substance abuse and things of that nature. Substance abuse is one. Um, uh, software, mm. okay, uh, the, the whole automation process and the software process, right? Um, uh, you, you have something else sensing for you. You have something else uh, thinking through for you when you talk of AI, etc. cetera, right? right. It, it's, uh, you have... You, you are creating material matter, right? So, 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 so that, um, humans are no longer, um, required to play a role, uh, in, in being creative and productive. Mm-hmm. Less and less. So. And, and that's where the suicide comes in. And you, you start seeing that uh, in advanced countries, uh, where the birth rates are falling. True. Right? When, when birth rates start falling, that is mass suicide. Mm-hmm. The species at the species level, mm-hmm. uh, uh, there's a process of mass suicide that has happened, started. That's mm-hmm. right, and and uh, it, it's a natural, um, uh, it's a natural trend. Okay, uh, uh, where where uh, uh, when you start looking um, at humans being different, um, at that nihilism that comes in. Uh, where uh, you have dissociated yourself from the cosmos. Mm-hmm. You, you are unable to see um, uh, uh, how uh, you are one pulsation, you are one pulsation among infinite number of pulsations mm-hmm. uh, and, and to learn uh, how to interact and dance with it. That's what our traditions tell us, right? So, so, so uh, it's a very different way of looking at the world. And once you start looking at the world that way, a whole host of things follow. Right, right. And I think this entire, um, the death in three acts that you have, uh, so beautifully, you know, uh, talked about, um, uh, talked about, expounded on is clearly linked to the very cornerstone of their belief that nature is inert. And that we, that mankind is free to exploit nature. That, uh, you know, it is for nature's there for us to enjoy or for us to, uh, for our gratification. So that is the cornerstone of the Western belief broadly. And one could say that. Uh, and, and, and the humans themselves. Then you, right. you know, humans, yeah, because humans themselves, right? So, so we can replace uh, this thing called humans also. 
it, except for the few people who have power. Hmm. And increasingly, uh, you, you see that happen. And the the dharmic way of living, the dharmic way of thinking uh, has always been in stark contrast to this kind of, uh, you know, thought process. Um, so, I mean, that brings me to the next question, Jainji, is uh, to do with uh, Hinduism, for example. For want of, I mean, everybody recognizes it as Hinduism. For want of a better word, let's go with the word Hinduism. Um so uh, Swami Chinmayanandaji had apparently said that um, the only way Hinduism can survive or the Dharmic Sanatan Dharma can survive is when we make practitioners out of Hindus. Mm-hmm. you corroborate on that a little bit because what does that really mean? And also maybe you could add a little bit about the kind of work that Chinmaya Mission is doing towards this end. So, uh, you, you may know that... Uh, uh... Uh, Swami Chinman and, uh, was part of the freedom movement and uh, even uh, he was sent to jail in the uh, 1940s uh, and uh, that was the first time he, he was from Kerala, he knew English, he was a journalist, he was reporting, you know, in Kerala people tend to be a little to the left, etc. But he was in jail uh, and uh, someone gave him the Bhagavad Gita and Upanishads and started reading it, learning it, etc. Coming out of it, he said, oh, this is something different. And um, uh, unlike others, he headed to uh, uh, Rishikesh, the Shivananda Ashram, etc. And uh, uh, as even as the um, uh, independence was happening and uh, uh, um, the, uh, the republic was being formed, um, that, uh, that's the, uh, uh, that's the uh, journey he took. And, mm-hmm. and what he saw was coming out of it... Uh, uh, um, uh, was that uh, India was being ruled uh, by uh, these uh, English-speaking people, okay, children of Macaulay, um, mm-hmm. and uh, they they were alienated and distanced from um, from the uh, Indian traditions. So he took it upon himself, and, and I, his uh, particular contribution uh, was that. Uh, he would take the Upanishads, he would take uh, the Bhagavad Gita um, uh, based on uh, Sri Adi Shankaracharya's Bhashyas. Okay? Right. Translate them into English uh, and uh, go about popularizing them. Mm. Okay, so, so that he could reach out uh, to these uh, English-speaking uh, people of India who had taken the place of the British. Right. Okay, that, that, that was the most important thing uh, that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so when he talks about, um, um, so these are Hindus in name only. We mm-hmm. need to make them practitioners, okay? Uh, and given that um, uh, they have been, uh, things have been put into their heads, they will ask all these questions, and the way to reach them uh, would be through the Nyan Mark, mm-hmm. Vedant. So, mm-hmm. so he took the Vedant to the streets, mm-hmm. shall we say? Oh. Okay. So, uh, at that time. Uh, 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 the people at Rishikesh, the Swamiji's, etc., opposed it. So that, that's not the way we do it. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Vedanta is presented only to people who come to the ashram. It should not okay. go out of the ashram. I mean, all those conversations, okay. conversations were there. So uh, in in nineteen early, very early nineteen fifties, he broke away from that. That's where. Oh. Okay. So, so that, I think that, he, he split from Shivananda Ji, Shivananda uh, Ashram, and then he started Shivananda. Right. 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 Uh, right. And so, um, yeah, so, so that, that that's, uh, and uh, 
to the second part of your question, um, 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 especially in the diaspora, English-speaking diaspora of, of the U.S. Uh, in Australia and New Zealand and Canada and uh, Singapore and Hong Kong, um, uh, they find uh, uh, that's what that's one area where they play a very useful role uh, yes. of giving access uh, to multiple generations now of people of Indian origin um, who have been distanced, uh, right? And uh, through uh, uh, discoursing in English, uh, English being the language uh, that people are familiar with and then bringing them into Sanskrit, et cetera. But first being very open and saying, yes, we'll talk about it uh, in English. We'll discuss, we'll do study groups, uh, right? So that, that, that's, that's been the key ongoing contribution there. Uh, speaking of splitting up, uh, 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 one of the biggest spin-offs from Chinmay Mission, uh, as you may know, is Arshavidya Gurukulam of uh, yes, Swami Dayanandji. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, who was uh, uh, with Chinmay Mission for 15 years and uh, in the late 80s that he started. So, uh, so that's um, that's the uh, uh, overall impact uh, and the continuing impact uh, that uh, Chinmay Mission has, and and I think it particularly irks. Um, uh, those uh, uh, people uh, from India who are in Western academia, uh, because um, uh, here, here's someone who's reaching out uh, uh, in English mm-hmm. uh, about Vedanta, right? Uh, 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 and um, is refusing to give up. So, they, so they become uh, one of the points of attack uh, for, uh, yeah, Sadhu. And interesting, you mentioned this, uh, Denji, because I mean, uh, I'm aware of the kind of work that, although not uh, not the full extent of it, but um, uh, one knows of the work that Chinna Mission is doing, especially abroad uh, in the USA and uh, Arshavidya Gurukul, for example, or the ISKCON or uh, Swami Yogananda's, um, you know, even his uh, his um, disciples. So there's a lot of work, but. In, ironically, it is the, hin- mm. the, the Hindus, the, the, uh, the elite Hindu, so-called Hindu, Hindu elites in India, living in India, I think who need uh, more such instruction or probably would do well if they were to come under the influence of, uh, of course, Chinma Mission exists in India also. But I think uh, it's kind of ironical that um, it's the people in India uh, the Hindus, the modern so-called progressive Hindus, who need more such, uh, you know, probably need need more such instruction than than the people living abroad, uh, because there are many. In fact, in, interestingly enough, there are many, many uh, even uh, people of um, you know uh, Western countries uh, and around the world, in fact, who are taking to Hinduism mm-hmm. and Sanatana in a big way. So anyway, that was uh, off the tangent. Uh, that was a little tangential. So let, coming back to my next question mm-hmm. would be, um, it's a little specific. Um, could you, since we spoke about Chinmaya Mission and Chinmayanandji, etc. and Vedanta, could you explain the importance of these three terms, Shravanam, Mananam and Nididhyasanam? Uh, how are these the core principle, principles of the Vedantic approach to life? Uh, and of Hindu philosophy. I know this is a little, uh, you know, we're moving away a little from the general uh, uh, nature of what of this of this program. But I think since you are an expert on 
the Vedas and Vedanta, perhaps you would like to take this on. Um, okay, first of all, a qualifier. Um, I, I, I'm no way an expert on anything. In, in fact, being, being an expert, uh, uh, maybe a disqualifier. So I, I would say I'm a practitioner. So, right. uh, and, and I always say I'm a work in progress, always, yeah. right? Um, so, uh, always open to learning. Um, uh, the, the, uh, and that, hence the Shravanam Mananam Nididhyasanam. So Shravanam Mananam Nididhyasanam, uh, is, uh, a, a, a core approach in Jnana Yoga. Okay. So, so, uh, uh, so what is Shravanam? Shravanam is uh, listening or reading, uh, 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 observing the phenomena, shall we say, right? So, so, um, uh, the, the senses observe the phenomena, right? Uh, and the mananam uh, is uh, the buddhi, right? Uh, the, the, uh, uh, once the karmendriyas and the jnanendriyas, um, um, uh, deliver, uh, to uh, the buddhi, the buddhi does mananam, um, mm-hmm. and uh, then compares it with memory, etc., and, and says, okay, what does it mean? And the nididhyas uh, is um, every day to say, how am I going to incorporate it into my life? How, how am I going to change my life because of that? So okay. would it be correct to say that shravanam is uh, mindful listening, uh, observation perhaps also? Mm-hmm. And uh, mananam would be cogitation on that, as in deliberation on what you have perceived. And right. uh, nididhyasanam would be assimilation and an awareness of the assimilation of what one has. All right. So, so the, let me uh, take a few examples, okay, uh, of how this is done. Okay. So, so, um, uh, and and it'll also give us the the depth of wisdom uh, that has come about to us. Uh, let's take the uh, popular uh, verse, okay? Karmanye vadikaraste ma faleshu kadachana. Okay, so uh, we have heard this now, right? This is Shravan. Shravan has been done, right? So karmanye uh, vadikaraste. So we start breaking it down. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Vedanta teaches us, right? If you notice, when you ask me a question, I started breaking it down. One of okay. the things that Vedanta teaches us is to deconstruct. Mm-hmm. Go down, go down to each word. What, right? And be fearless about defining what you think that word is, right? Mm-hmm. And string together meanings. Show how it can be done. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that's what Vedanta teaches you, right? So, karmanye vadhikaraste. You have the right to action. You are qualified. You have the. You are an adhikari to that act, right? You are. Uh, you, you can act because the devi has given you uh, this shakti to act, right? You are qualified to act. However, right? Ma faleshu kadachana. So ma faleshu kadachana. What does that mean? Do not think of the fruit of your actions. Kadachana, yeah, Faleshu Kadachana, okay, it is it, the, uh, the outcomes are Kadachana, uncertain, uncertain. the outcomes are uncertain, oh, right, Arjun, while, while you have the qualities, the, you are qualified to act, always remember that the outcomes are uncertain, <laughs> right, so if you think of it that way, mm. right, that, that's where we are cogitating, shall we say. Mm. Do you know what I mean? 
the wisdom that is imparted, right? That cogitation starts happening. We were already aware, right? That we act in a probabilistic domain, not a predetermined domain. There is no determinism. The, the challenge that the West has is from what, how they interpreted the Greeks, mm. right? That there was something deterministic. There were loss of nature. Mm. The, the reason modernity has started collapsing over the last hundred years is, right, is because of what they started observing as VUCA. VUCA, mm-hmm. and we'll come to quantum physics perhaps, but uh, the VUCA is volatility, uncertainty, complexity leading to ambiguity. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Very interesting. Right? Yeah. Oh, goodness, things are volatile. Mm. Right? Things are uncertain. Beyond so our control. Mm. We, we can't structure them. Whole thing, the, the promise of modernity was we can structure things. Mm. The Hobbesian promise of the Leviathan was the social compact that we'll come up with, we'll, we'll be able to Fix it. Fix it. Structure it. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Right. So, so this yes. is beautiful because these three, uh, con- these three things, uh, the, the, the very approach, the, the Sanatan approach to, uh, knowledge acquisition is pretty much individualistic. Actually leaves it to the individual to find, to, to understand, to use his own buddhi, his own chitta to understand, uh, you know, the information that he or she is receiving as opposed to the commandments that were given exactly. out. Exactly. It, it right? gives agency. It gives agency. agency right? Exactly. Right. Uh, and it says you can discuss it with people. You can discuss. Right? Exactly. Yeah, this is how I interpret it. What do you think? And let's come to an understanding, right? Exactly. And that's where it's very important to bring in. Because we have got stuck somewhere. Okay. Deshikal mm. Paristiti. Okay. When we observe something, it keeps changing. Right. Just because something was said in some smriti 2500 years ago, that was in that context, that Deshikal Paristiti. Right. So, so, uh, with Shravanam, Mananam, Nididhyasanam, we can take it to the next step. Correct. Right. So we can start asking, Oh, it's uncertain. Can we do something about it though? Mm. Can we do something about it? Mm. Yeah, we have the Tantra, right? If you go to verse 658 mm. in Lalita Sahasana, mm. right? She is described as Icha Shakti, Jnana Shakti, Kriya Shakti, Kriya Shakti Swarupini. Swarupini yes. right? if, if you take that, uh, right? you listen to it, right? Mm. And now you do Mananam on that, right? Mm. And actually by by daily chanting Laita Sahasanam, this starts coming out. She reaches out to you and says, you know what? You do a sankalpa. You do a kalpana imagination and you do a sankalpa, which is a commitment to that imagination. Mm-hmm. I will give you the jnan. I'll bless you with the knowledge of how you can bring that about. Mm-hmm. And as you go deeper into that knowledge, I'll tell you what actions to take. Mm-hmm. Okay, by doing that, if you go to the previous one, if you go through this commitment, that tapasya, right, you may be able to improve upon the chances, the chances of being more successful with the outcomes. 
Right. Okay, so you can combine the two now. You see the web that can be built. However, however, even with the improvement of the chances, right, you, you can still, you can still end up with failures. We all do. Yes. We all do end up with failures, right? That's where the fork in the road comes, mm. right? One, we can take the high road mm. or the low road. Okay. That's also shown. For the high road, we go to the 15th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Whether the outcome is there or not. Uh, yes. Right? Whether you are unhappy or happy. Right? When you take both of these to be equal, right? Then you can actually go to the feet of that. <laughs> yeah. so th- that's the high road you yes. take that, that's that's how you manage your failures because the failures are real that's the nature of the world mm-hmm. right so what does this tell you Th- that it tells you how you can behave how how you can manage your life mm-hmm. right it it takes you uh, uh to, to a way of looking at the world which gives you agency and say look this is an uncertain world this is how you can manage how you can navigate away. Mm. Right. And, and it also uh, it also explains to you what the low road is. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 this is a quite a complex uh, two verses, uh, verses 62 and 63, which are the ladder of fall in chapter two, mm-hmm. right? which says, uh, 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 if you let yourself be frustrated because of your failures, it leads to anger. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, that that anger leads to ro- loss of intellect. Mm-hmm. That loss of intellect, that connection with the buddhi, is lost. Anger cuts off connection with the buddhi. Then you behave like animals, carnivorous animals, and you see that happening. Right, the nididhya, uh, the the mananam is. Oh yeah, when I get angry, I do I right? do tend to act in a reactionary fashion. Yeah. I lose it, right? So, so uh, uh, do you see uh, how how this exercise of this three-step process, right? It, it, it's not the high philosophy. It, it's actually daily practical use you can make of. Exactly. Very pragmatic, yes. Janji, the next question is to do with actually kind of related to, since we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, Vedanta and so on, Um this is interesting because I think I've heard you mention this uh, in one of your talks before, where you talk mm-hmm. about the story of the two birds, you know, the two birds from Mundagopanishad. And uh, it's a very interesting story and how it connects to quantum physics. You've made that connection. So could you please talk about that? Because I think that would be of uh, a lot of interest to our, uh, to our viewers. Okay. Um, yeah. So um I, I did speak about um, uh, Mundaka Upanishad and the two birds, uh, which uh, um, uh, is, is a way uh, of uh, uh, explaining uh, why, uh, why why we notice uh, the sensorium as being real, um, while Advaita Vedanta, the Upanishads tell us um, uh, that it's all transient. So it's all pulsations. 
So uh, uh, when we take up Advaita Vedanta, uh, it becomes a little bit too abstract. So uh, I use the thread coming out of Advaita Vedanta in Kashmir Shaivism and Sri Vidya. Uh, of spandana, of pulsations, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to to uh, uh, talk about uh, uh, what being human is. Uh, so, um, so I'll first talk about that. Uh, then uh, I'll show how quantum physics uh, uh, tries to explain that uh, from the other end, mm-hmm. and uh, why, uh, at least from the perspective that I have, uh, that uh, that is inadequate and doesn't go far enough. Um, so, um, um, so there is Sakshi Bhava. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, the Sakshi Bhava is the observer, uh, the, 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 that capacity, that capability to observe. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the Sakshi Bhava that enlivens the buddhi, the, okay. the, uh, the, the consciousness uh, that chitta, uh, uh, the, that the buddhi has is because, uh, the observer gives it that, uh, ability, that pulsation. Um, uh, and, and then comes the uh, come the nyanendriyas uh, uh, and then the karmendriyas. So uh, so uh, the sense functions that we have, the five senses, right? Uh, 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 they interact with other pulsations. So think of the think of it this way. Uh, here's the human pulsation, which itself cons- consists of uh, minor pulsations within that, and, and we are floating in a infinite ocean of pulsations. Okay. Uh, if you can imagine that and then say, uh, here's just this one little uh, pulsation called the human pulsation. And, and it's able to interact with other pulsations around it in a very narrow way mm-hmm. through its sense functions. So it, it captures uh, the uh, the fluttering uh, uh, aspects of the pulsations around it. Right. And when it presents those uh, interactions, that phenomena to the buddhi, Right. Mm. It, it's at that stage that it becomes static. Mm. OK, so so all of a sudden uh, 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 these things out there, which are actually just fluttering pulsations. OK, uh, they become form. They become root. For the first time, they become root from Spandana. Mm. They become okay, root. So rupa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the buddhi starts giving it names. So mm. it becomes Nama Rupa. Nama Rupa. Correct. <laughs> Uh, that's so, so uh, in the process of becoming Namrup, then it creates memories and, and then it creates uh, frameworks and meanings around. And the story of okay. the six blind men feeling different parts of the elephant. and Exactly. So, <laughs> uh, so, so the meanings are created around it uh, and, and then we start living in it. We okay. start living in the Namrup framework, the, the meanings that we create out of it, right? So, so where did we start? It's all pulsations. Mm-hmm. It's all transient. It's all changing all the time, right? And, and yet we see it as matter. How mm-hmm. it's in our minds that we see it as matter. So uh, uh, the uh, the Upanishads uh, and the particular darshan of Advaita, Advaita Vedanta, okay, um, has, as far as I know, I, I have seen, okay, uh, uh, whether it's Dvaita or Vishishta Dvaita or Sankhya, etc. Uh, Advaita Vedanta seems to have the maximum capacity uh, uh, explain, of explanatory power. It has the maximum explanatory power. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, when I'm communicating it, I use one of its threads, as mm-hmm. I said, Sri Vidya and mm-hmm. uh, Kashmir Shaivism, because it's so, easier uh, to explain. If, you, if I may interject, uh, Janji, so uh, I don't know this, but is Sri, are Sri Vidya and Kashmir Shaivism 
uh, offshoots or shall we say threads of, like you say, of uh, ad, 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 right way that, yes. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that's uh, um, uh, basically uh, uh, there are uh, because then the question comes up. You see. Um, uh, if you go to pure Advait, and I don't want to go too deep into it, yeah. it, it can be confusing. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, whether everything is Atma, everything is Anatma, etc. Uh, and, and, and the practical aspects, because which we talked about uh, how practical things are, right? Whether it's uh, in the Bhagavad Gita or Lelika Sahasanam, very practical stuff, right? Uh, and, and not to make it too esoteric, but act, uh, but this, this question allows us to see uh, 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 what immense explanatory power uh, 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 this particular darshana, the way of looking at this. Okay, so so the the, the two birds that we are talking about uh, is basically uh, the sakshi bhava, mm-hmm. okay, the observer bird, right, and the ahamkara. The ahamkara is the actor bird, actor bird. right? Okay, and the uh, ahamkara, right. Uh, when we drop the veil of avidya, okay, the ahamkara forgets uh, that uh, the, uh, we have that ahamkara capacity mm. of saying aham aham, right? Cognizing and be, being aware of ourselves because of sakshi, right? That veil falls, right? We think we are the greatest, we are the ones who are acting. And we become the eater bird. Mm. Right? So, so we are eating the experiences that are delivered to us by our sense functions. So the, the actor bird is actually eating on a fruit, right? In the story, the yeah, yeah. The, the fruit, bird is watching yeah. and the actor bird is enjoying the fruit. They're enjoying the fruit. And this fruit is these all these external pulsations, right? Which have been delivered to the actor bird by the sense functions. Mm. Right. Okay. Right. So, 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 so there, there, there is this whole process. Uh, how does, how, yes. Uh, sorry to. So, how does this, how does this connect to quantum physics? Okay. So, quantum physics also uh, has this. So, uh, uh, somewhere along the line, uh, okay, uh, when they started observing, um, uh, um, they they thought Newton had it all right uh, with the laws of physics, etc. Okay, uh, but, but um, even the simplest things, uh, uh, they came across this three-body problem, which they couldn't explain and they still can't explain, and they had to find a way to explain it. The mm. three-body problem being, uh, you have the Earth, Sun, and Moon. Mm. Okay, uh, and the orbits of the Earth, Sun, and Moon, uh, we, we can't really predict, uh, given any um, any functions that that Newton has, or you know. Uh, you say it's something like gravity, and, mm. right? Um, there, there are so many uh, uh, moving parts; it cannot be explained. You mean okay. this, uh, the the Earth, Moon, and Sun cannot be explained via Newton's uh, laws? Uh, no, uh, yeah, exactly. The, 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 uh, the, there are so many wobbles around it; it can't be explained. Mm. Okay, uh, so that was the first starting point, and you, you can't explain. Uh, 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 why um, the masses, uh, uh, the, the orbits are of a certain way, uh, why the cosmos moves in a certain way, etc. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and, and they couldn't explain what the space and time was. Okay. 
uh, because they seem to move in space, mm. right? Um, uh, and uh, are they really moving in space? Uh, and what what is this thing called time? Mm. Um, and uh, so, in their model, where quantum physics has started, mm. uh, is by saying what the sense function, uh, what we see as sense function, whatever we observe is real. Mm. Matter is real. Okay. So we start from this end, mm. right? And say everything out there is transient. Transient. They they say that is all real, mm. and they try to explain it. How do they try to explain it? Through observation, mm. right? In their model, they don't have to bring in. They they are obliv- oblivious of uh, the uh, sense functions. They are oblivious of buddhi, mm. right? They, they take the mental models they build of the mathematics, right? Mathematics is a language that mm. the buddhi produces. Mm. That's how Vedanta teaches us. The Vedanta teaches us the whole process. Quantum mm. physics takes it all as real. They can't make sense. They People, and that's one of the things that's happened. We Indians take mathematics as something really great. Mm. Our ancestors didn't. Ganit is just one of the things, okay? Right. Um, I mean, there's, there's a distinction. We, we put physicists on pedestals. All they're doing is uh, coming up with little bits of uh, a mathematical language put, put in certain forms. Okay, and they try to explain the phenomena that the sense functions are delivering. Okay. So they haven't really, uh, uh, yeah, so like, for example, I think this uh, brings to mind, or I mean, I remember reading somewhere that in, uh, according to us, um, uh, all of the knowledge systems that there are, are merely vigyanam, you know, whether it is ganit or whether it is astronomy, but jnana is only the knowledge of the self. Only so jnana, the word jnana cannot be applied to any other field of knowledge. Uh, we are, which are just merely disciplines and probably the term Vigyan applies to them, whereas the other, or the technology thereof, whereas Jnana is only the, the, the word Jnana can only be applied to the knowledge of the self is what I read somewhere. Um, yeah, so, so, um, um, uh, so some people turn it around, uh, uh, also. So I don't want to go into that, uh, whether it's, uh, yeah, so there is a differentiation. Mm-hmm. Of gradations of jnana, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, uh, so para is also used, for example. Para, para, right. right. So, yeah. uh, so you will call someone a paridnyani, mm-hmm. and paridnyana ashram comes from that, right? Paridnyani, one who knows, right? Beyond. Uh, so beyond, quote unquote, beyond. Beyond what? Beyond mm-hmm. buddhi, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we are beyond buddhi, and buddhi is uh, uh, buddhi can only go. Uh, and be able to understand uh, what is delivered to it by the sense functions. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Vedan forces us to think think through in this uh, uh, supply chain process, shall we say, mm-hmm. every step of the way. You, you, uh, it does not allow you to say, okay, I'm going to take it. If you if you don the hat of a Vedantin, you have to do this. You have to deconstruct everything in terms of this process. Okay, I'm not saying every one of us has to do it. 
when we sit on a meditation seat, this is what the contemplation is. This is what Shravanam Mananam is, 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 right? And so, yeah, so quantum physicists, any physicists, that, that, that's why they're continually confused. You, you go and look, uh, uh, there are controversies right now. Say, so, you know, uh, maybe we should stop theorizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this can't be done. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, uh, theoretical physics is at a dead end and mm-hmm. so forth. Because what is theoretical physics? It, it, it's basically uh, mental models and mental models are transient. Okay? Uh, the mental models themselves are transient and, and uh, they are describing some, uh, something even more transient. The farther away you go from Sakshi, the more transient it is. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that uh, quantum physics is moving away from Sakshi. Is is that what you're saying? Uh, the, the, the attempt being made mm-hmm. uh, is to generate mental models, mm-hmm. mathematical mm-hmm. models, which is a language, mm-hmm. okay, a, a symbolic language to describe um, uh, a phenomena which mm-hmm. is transient. So right. both are transient. Okay, uh, uh, the phenomena is very transient. Even mm-hmm. the mathematical models are transient. They will keep changing. Okay, right. they will keep changing. Okay, uh, and so so when it comes to this fallibility, okay, mm-hmm. they make a big deal. Oh, Karl Popper taught us uh, about fallibility, uh, what science is, and it has to be fallible, etc. From Vedant perspective, it was always fallible. Well, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. Right? We knew it was fallible. Right? Uh, remember, Mahafaleshu Kadachana, we know we were in the probabilistic world. They did not. They yeah. rediscovered it. They rediscovered it and they think they are the ones who have discovered it. Discovered it. Correct, correct. I, I have, I mean, this next question is kind of completely tangential to what we're talking, but kind of maybe in a way, I think everything is connected in a way. But I was yeah. always curious to know this and I, I thought I should ask you. Um, uh, so there was a practice of, uh, you know, of um, Brahmins particularly in the, in the uh, olden days where they were prohibited from uh, traveling overseas. There was, mm. in fact, you know, it, there was kind of like, uh, you know, you were excommunicated from the community if you traveled overseas. And this was particularly applicable to Brahmins, the Brahmin community. Why is that? Is there a, is, is there a, um, it, was it just a, a, a sort of a um, uh, superstitious belief or was there something more grounded in that practice, something more meaningful? Okay. So, so um, I, I think that's a great question. Um, I, I can think of giving very long answer to this. I, I would love to. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so uh, uh, first of all, um, it's not, uh, yeah, so it, it's not that uh, people from India didn't go out uh, mm-hmm. across the seas, etc. The, the fisher folk went out, traders went out. Uh, uh, we, we went all the way to Bali, uh, to Japan, China, etc. So the, um, that, that's all there, right? Uh, now, Bra- Brahmins moved too. Um, uh, you know, uh, but the, the way the Brahmins moved uh, was uh, to uh, think of Brahmins uh, as a guild, um, uh, where, where they taught their uh, children um, uh, to do certain uh, work in a certain way, etc. Okay, so it's a guild. So they, they, they said, in fact, uh, uh, and you can see uh, how the Brahmins offered the services uh, to the next village and to the next village, etc. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so uh, all all the way from the Gangetic Plain, 
Okay, uh, we we have history of, of Brahmins going all the way, at least to Cambodge. Right. Okay. A village by village, uh, mm-hmm. they go east, and the way they did it was uh, 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 the uh, the male Brahmin could go uh, to the next village uh, uh, and uh, marry someone local. That was allowed, uh, mm-hmm. but Brahmin women uh, were married always to the west. That's one of the things. The same thing to the south also. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. So uh, you you can see. Uh, then when you look at the Smritis, uh, there are directions given, right? Uh, I don't know. Uh, so, I have no idea. Okay. So yeah. Brahmin women could only be married to someone to the west of where they were located. Uh, yeah, to, to Brahmins. Uh, well, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Brahmin men could go east, uh, offer their services, hmm. right? Uh, you can think of uh, how uh, uh, software people go to the west and Right. They settle yeah. down there, etc. So, so uh, right. So, as long as they gave their services as Brahmins, they were part of the community. They they would be taught, uh, and their uh, panchangam would be shared with them because uh, that was an intellectual property, right? So, uh, so uh, so one way of looking at it uh, is that uh, the Brahmins uh, during the British era, right, um, uh, from um, established Brahmin families uh, were uh, offered um, uh, because they saw uh, the British saw what they were capable of, etc. were offered positions in the British judiciary. Uh, They were sent to England for long periods of time uh, to uh, be uh, to become uh, jurists. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, they were basically leaving the profession. Ah. They were leaving the guild, right? So the quote-unquote excommunication, and I want to talk about that word excommunication, mm. okay, uh, uh, um, is basically to say uh, when you do come back, you can't come back and start doing this because, uh, you know, uh, the the way we do the knowledge, uh, the way we apply, you have to do Sandhyavandana three times a day. You have to observe um uh, the the sun and the moon uh, and and, and uh, uh, help us uh, develop the panchang for the community mm. right each one of them the inputs were right that's very important uh, uh, and 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 their acts in the community okay uh, to to officiate at, at at births and marriages and deaths etc right uh, in this process uh, they they were like guide rails they were like acharyas Mm. Right uh, 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 of this whole human cycle, correct? Right uh, to stabilize this whole human cycle. Okay, so so if you're going to leave us for a long time, go do your thing. Then don't come back. <laughs> you, you can't. You, you're not part of uh, this community because you're not right. So it, it, it's like uh, uh, if someone uh, is in a corporation for 15 years and then says, "Oh, I, I'm going to take a couple of years off." Um, uh, and uh, do something else, okay, completely else, uh, completely different. I'm going to go to a foreign country, China, and do something else for a couple of years. And they say, well, farewell, good. Mm-hmm. You, you can go, right? But I, I don't think you'll have a place when you come back. So, okay. So, so the excommunication, so, sorry, just just one little question here. Was, to, was the excommunication more to do with the uh, the the termination of their services, the fact that they were doing something else and not, uh, you know, following the rituals and all of that practices of being a Brahmin, 
or was it the fact that they were traveling overseas so was the geographical location moving a problem or the fact that they were taking on other kinds of tasks um so so um so the example i've given okay um of, of people going all the way to cambodge okay mm-hmm. or, or wherever okay um it, it's uh, i i don't think the, um so so clearly uh people in bali learned it people in bali uh, had havan kunds so where, where did that come from brahmins had gone there mm-hmm. right clearly so yes. that, so, so uh, I, i think there is enough evidence that was not it it, it was you, you can go as long as you do what you are meant to what do this community does what this gate does mm-hmm. right then we'll support you and you support us mm-hmm. if you're going away anyways so then you're not part of this that's all that is right right interesting so Now, this yeah can can i can i focus on this word excommunication for Please. a little bit and and yeah. then i want to come back with other things yeah okay <clears throat> because this is where i want to introduce uh, this other aspect uh, but excommunication is a christian theological word okay <laughs> and, and we we talk of uh, decolonization Uh, but we are so colonized uh, we don't even know uh, we are using these words these these words were used uh, specifically to uh, demean and denigrate mm. indian cultural life right and, and compare uh, these missionaries came and discovered uh, christian uh, uh, hinduism as a religion correct correct right and, and and then as a false religion and they say oh they do these things etc mm. right and we sucked it up and they started reforming it regurgitating it <laughs> and reforming it yeah right? yes absolutely so this, this word excommunication so uh, the, the root is commune right uh, so what does commune mean you commune in a church right mm-hmm. oh, uh, you oh. have the right to commune in a church right um uh, which what does that mean uh, that means uh, you partake uh, of the uh, body and blood of christ Mm. you are given wine as the blood and, and uh, a biscuit yeah whatever uh, wafer wafer, wafer, uh, wafer uh, yeah 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 uh, as the body of christ right body. and before that before the commune uh, communing right um, uh, you are you have the all take an oath right that they will be loyal to one and only one god right so uh, so excommunication means you are not been loyal to that god mm. hence will not allow you to commune mm. yeah now veda tells us that we can interact with god connect with quote and quote the divine shall we the subtle divine forget the god god is a theological word too mm. christian theological word. Uh, the subtle divine in so many different ways different ways right there's no restriction there so there, where is this thing about excommunication mm. because uh, right in christianity uh, you you can commune with god only through his church only through the yes uh, you can't i mean of course uh, yes you cannot independently have a have a, a you know, relationship with god <laughs> right right so, so yeah so so that's where the word excommunication came from mm. and we use it 
right? So we have to be careful in our decolonization process that the fact that we ask that question itself, where did that question come from? Mm. Right. I'm, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to remove that word from my lexicon. <laughs> Be very careful about the usage of. That. I mean that that's the process of decolonization. Is to right, right. So, every, so every day you learn that some of these words that you use very casually are actually very laden with uh, you know uh, different meanings. Yeah. So so uh, yeah. So idol worship, etc. Those are. Yeah, worship itself means going down on your knees. So we don't go down on our knees, right? We don't kneel, etc. So so idol worship, right? Murti puja is a whole different thing, and the, the pran pratishtha that comes with it, and so forth. So uh, that that's um, so that's the excommunication part. Having said that, having said that, I, I would like to take this opportunity though uh, to, um, if I may, uh, uh, to raise another question about what what were our ancestors doing um, um I, I don't know where you're moving after this question so uh whether i should introduce it here or not <clears throat> uh, 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 and, and the, uh, the question i have i would like to ask my ancestors that's a 400 or 700 years ago hmm. right uh, is um around the time when we said oh the brahman shouldn't go out etc etc right mm-hmm. uh, uh, Vasco da Gama came to uh, India in 1498. Okay. Um, um, at that time, uh, Vijayanagar, uh, the empire, was at its peak. Okay. Uh-huh. I, I think Vijayanagar was a little later, I think, Genji. No, no. Uh, it's uh, exactly at that time. And, and into, the, uh, into the 1500s. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, so... Uh, uh, in fact, uh, around that time, 1530, uh, um, Krishnadevaraya was around 15 something, I think. Right, right. So, uh, 1498, it was uh, already. Achuta, Achutaraya, maybe his uh, grandfather or father, I'm not sure. Right. Probably. So, 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 anyway, if you, if you look at the Vijayanagar, it's about 1350 uh, or so, uh, and it goes on to early 1600s. So, right. the entire period. Okay, of 200 years. So, 1498, uh, and all the uh, uh, local kings uh, uh, were paying tributes to uh, the Vijayanagara uh, kingdom or empire, okay? Uh, and that this included uh, the Zamarin uh, of Kochi and so forth, that area, where, where, um, where um, uh, Vasco da Gama landed. Landed. Right? Um, uh, and within five years, so he, he landed, right? Um, uh, he brought, uh, the reason he came was uh, for trading, right? Uh, because they, they were f- uh, fighting uh, the Islamic wars, mm-hmm. wars with Islam, right? Um, and Vasco da Gama was uh, a particularly notorious, violent uh, pirate and, and were very successful at leading the crusades in North Africa. So he was chosen um, mm-hmm. uh, to go out to India. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes there. Uh, and uh, he leaves uh, five Portuguese traders, um, mm. and, and along with him uh, on his heels come missionaries. Mm, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so all this contingent comes. There come spies. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, um, and what do you see then? Um, within uh, less than a hundred years, right? By 1582, uh, these Jesuits who are the core intellectual. Core of the Holy Roman Empire 
empire. They come to Kerala. They have learned Vedang Jyotish. They go back. Okay. Um, they, they learn. They pirate knowledge also. So yeah, absolutely. But, right? They innovate. They change things. Right. And they leverage out of it. <clears throat> By 1582, they have a Gregorian calendar, and mm. you know they are able to manage life differently. Mm. So my question is this. Okay. And this happened. This whole thrust happened at a time when Europe was uh, uh, going through uh, internal strife. Okay, uh, Islam was coming against it, and, and quite successfully, they were going on crusades, etc. Right, um, uh, and, and yet they chartered Vasco da Gama, and later, and in 1600, by the way, uh, by 1600. Um, um, East India Company was formed. Yes. In that, in that hundred years, in that hundred years. So my question is, um, while they sent uh, explorers, traders, missionaries, spies, okay, what did our ruling class do? I'm, I'm also wondering what were we doing. Right? So, uh, so did we send, um, our missions there? Did we send? I don't know. I mean, I'm open to doing research about it. Mm-hmm. So, if they did send, right? Uh, if if it did send emissaries, if we did send traders, uh, what happened to those missions? Right? How successful were we? We could have done the other thing, right? We one of the reasons <laughs> a less number of Indians went out, right? And and everyone made a beeline was the same. <laughs> you were doing well. Right. Just, just see America. Everyone wants to make a beeline to America. Right. Few Americans go out. Absolutely. Very small percentage of Americans even have uh, an international passport. Out of their towns or their, you know, little. Within 50 miles, they, yeah. they are born and, yeah. Right. So, so we were doing very well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, right. But, but uh, the, the American empire, uh, always has its eyes all over the place. Mm-hmm. Right? The ruling class makes sure that they have their, uh, uh, you know, hawk-like well, uh, presence everywhere. <laughs> right? Uh, their intelligence agencies, uh, their, their military presence, their, their diplomatic missions everywhere. Right? Mm-hmm. What were we doing? And why did we not do that? That is the question to ask. Mm-hmm. That's a very, very, very valid question. Huh? Uh, and uh, what trap did we fall into? Mm-hmm. Right? So my, my hypothesis is we fell into the trap of, of local optima. We were so happy. Mm, complacence, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the complacence. Which, which, is a, which is a problem that ails us even today. Genji, <laughs> um, I think we'll wrap up with this one last question. Um because we're running out of time. Uh, my final question, and I think it's very critical, uh, especially in today's, uh, the world that we are in today as Hindus, for the future of, of, for building the, or securing the future of Hinduism and Sanatana Dharma, how important are the Devasthanas? Because our Devasthanas, our temples, as you know, and we're fighting a battle uh, today, uh, Thankfully, we've finally risen and we're waking up to the fact that our temples are actually caught in the vortex of, you know, um, uh, government control and uh, and 
you know, a different kind of a mafia, actually. So, um, uh, especially in places like Andhra and Karnataka, I mean, it's the, the condition is uh, pathetic. So, how, what role do the Devasthanas play? In fact, do they have a role in the future of securing or in, 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 in securing the future of, of the Hindus? So, this, this is the perspective I see. So, the, uh, the uh, Devasthanas are portals. So they are, they are the portals um, um, uh, where we uh, through which we connect uh, with the subtle um, at, at the at the material level. Most of us can uh, easy, more easily connect uh, through the devasthanas, mm-hmm. and, and um, um, so so that that's a very critical aspect uh, for our culture to have devasthanas. Um, and uh, um, what kind of devasthanas? I, I, I would like to give. Uh, a visualization, an example, okay, mm. uh, and, and in that context of of, uh, uh, of uh, paristhiti, it's very important to uh, bring bring that deshkal paristhiti uh, mm-hmm. uh, to bear as we speak, okay. Mm. <clears throat> so, so I I see Bharatiya uh, is uh, as anyone who connects with the light path, okay. So if if you take that. Right, that's a Bharatiya. Anywhere there are Bharatiya communities, right? Uh, uh, we can and should and will for the Renaissance for over the next 500 years. So we are talking about 500 years, right? Uh, uh, of Devasthanas, right? Uh, Devasthanas, wherever there are Bharatiyas, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which will be a braid, a powerful, lustrous braid of three margas. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, of the uh, Shakti Marga, Shaiva Marga, and uh, Vaishnava Marga, which uh, particular uh, deity, the uh, Divya Shakti, um, is uh, is invoked in a particular Devasthana, will leave to the um, a, a local Bharatiya community. Mm-hmm. Um, so that there will be physical notes everywhere, everywhere on the globe or Mars or Moon, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay. To your question, how will the, we be, make that possible? We'll mm. think big. We'll take 500 years. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, and, and we will do it. The, today's Deshkal Paristhiti will accept and agree. Mm. Okay. Uh, that, that we are on digital platforms. Um, uh, the hierarchy is flattening out and we'll take advantage of that. Mm. Right. Every Devasthana, every community will be uh, a teaching Devasthana. Uh, they will be all volunteers. There will not be um, uh, any professional purohits. We will learn for ourselves, right? We'll take turns uh, of, of taking care of the devtas in that devasthana mm-hmm. every day, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and and uh, um, this has been beautifully shown. Uh, it's an example that has been presented um, by. Um, uh, uh, people who had to come out uh, in uh, very uh, stressed circumstances from Sri Lanka, mm-hmm. um, and they've done exactly this. Um, uh, you know, they, they they put together uh, devasthanas uh, where they run it themselves, uh, teaching uh, teaching themselves, and right. Uh, uh, it's a beautiful Raj- Rajeshwari stakeholdership of of the that's it so so what happens then uh, it, it's uh, uh, the concept then becomes an open sourcing concept 
okay just like software is built in an open sourcing way so you 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 have uh, we have a network of physical nodes of devasthanas mm-hmm. all across the globe mars moon literally think of it 500 years renaissance mm-hmm. if you want renaissance we want renaissance 500 years mm-hmm. right and, and and then once you visualize it that way mm-hmm. right and we flatten out the hierarchy right? we we come out with uh, saying okay these these will be the physical nodes and they'll all be uh, connected uh, on a digital platform mm-hmm. right um and and east devasthana will be a camp some of them will be major nodes mm-hmm. and, and others will be a smaller nodes each will be a campus uh, uh, where uh, around the devasthana uh, we uh, we will learn um uh, the yogas the bhakti yoga uh, the karma yoga the gnana yoga and the aranas the sri vidya dharanas um centers right? for learning that's right okay so, so uh, that's where we'll come uh, for rejuvenation for recharging ourselves before we go out into the material world mm-hmm. right uh, and, and we are not taking away agency everyone has to do their own thing right but 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 the the, the this will be uh, the knowledge node right which will carry through are uh, basic principles of the veda sarve bhavantu sukhina mm-hmm. right we want everyone to be happy right mm-hmm. we are going to do this by being in harmony with ruta mm-hmm. and we are going to do this while minimizing harm correct right parmo dharma that's right ahimsa parmo dharma so that so the, so uh, 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 that's what we have to visualize mm-hmm. right uh and in this this deshakal paristhiti we have to say this is where we are mm. it's not going to be incremental it right if you open source it everywhere anyone everywhere mm. put together your physical nodes and connect through the mm. Mm. thank you so much janji i think uh, this was a very very enlightening talk in so many different ways and i particularly appreciated the painstaking manner which you explained everything threadbare and i'm sure our viewers would find themselves themselves enriched by this talk so thank you for your valuable time we've uh, actually this is the first time that i've spoken or, or have spent like 2 hours talking to a guest we've spent yeah we've been talking for 2 hours but it was more like a discussion than uh, anything else so uh, thank you so much for your valuable time and uh, i hope to uh, see you again on our show perhaps sometime in the uh, in the future yeah, uh, i i i must say i really enjoyed i i, <laughs> I enjoyed our interaction i, I just took away okay i'm glad <laughs> thank you so much janji um okay. to our viewers um, i hope you enjoyed our talk uh, please do subscribe share and like and do share widely with your friends and family and come back very soon for yet another episode of the festival of bharat with yet another guest thank you so much namaskar om sri matre namaha namaste we hope you enjoyed this chitti media content please remember to subscribe to us and switch on the notifications for this channel for our other social media links more content and to support our work please visit citti.net 
धन्यवाद नमस्कार